cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com slash cloud. Blog Boys. Welcome to the Blog Boys Podcast. I am your host, Delvin Cox, and with me, as always, is my brother, Christian from According to Sources. What's up, brother? How's everything going? My man, Delvin. How you doing, man? How you been feeling? Good, brother. Good. How you been feeling, man? Can't complain. I woke up this morning, bro. <laughs> That's always a blessing. Exactly. Especially with you. You out here crashing cars and stuff, man. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, you never know. Next day might be a hospital bed, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm glad you're doing good, though, right? You're doing good? Everything good with you? Oh, yeah, man. You know, a little aches and bruises, headaches, but that ain't nothing that's not normal, man. It's all yeah. good. It's all good. Yeah, man. This has been a long time coming, man. Everything keeps happening every time we try to record, so we finally got one in. <laughs> for real, for real. So, man, let's just catch up first. How's everything been going with you overall, man? NBA season started. That's a good thing. Uh yeah, but when you're a Bulls fan, you know you ain't got much, <laughs> you ain't got much to look forward to. I mean, at least well, you can say the Heat made the playoffs and went rather deep in it. You know they made well, they made it to the second round, right? Yeah, yeah, because they they beat uh Charlotte, so that's yeah. something that's better than you know <laughs> the 12th seed. Yeah, and this year is basically just D Wade's farewell tour, so that's the thing. Yeah, man, I hope they do that right, man. Every city they better. I mean. D Wade is arguably the like, third, third best shooting guard of it. They better treat it like that. Oh yeah, I would say that he's he's literally top five shooting guards. I would probably say top ten NBA player, maybe. Um, it's crazy because he probably and this is me as a Heat fan. I'm I'm saying like if he was on another team, he probably would be higher than that. You think so? Yeah, because the Heat. When the Heat had him, there was years like after that championship, they kind of basically didn't do nothing with him. Yeah, that was four he, whole seasons. Yeah, so you know, after that first championship, it's like he was kind of just there, kind of floundering. The team wasn't that great until the big three came. So just imagine if he was on a team that was at least, let's see, um, I want to say contender worthy during mm-hmm. all those times. You know, so. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, D-Wade would have been nice if he would have came to the Bulls just a little bit earlier, just like three or four years early. Man, because yeah. all we were ever missing was a decent uh, what was it, a decent two-guard. I can agree with that, yeah. I, I, I can see if D-Wade would have came to the Bulls, they could have they won a championship with him. Yeah. I can honestly I, I say that, yeah. D-Wade was still in this prime. He was still giving 25 and 7 a game. That's that's how good he was at that time, man. And, but you really can't fault the man for being loyal to a team that's been loyal to him, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's a rarity. Even when he left, it wasn't – he didn't leave because it wasn't his fault that he left. And I think Miami fans knew that. That's why he didn't get flack for leaving. <laughs> Pat Riley did. Yeah, uh, because when that happened, everybody blamed Pat Riley because they was like, hey, man, that's D-Wade. You, you don't penny pinch with the GOAT. Yeah, somebody who's done so much for not only just, like, the Heat organization, but the city of Miami. Exactly. You got to kind of, not to say it to this same degree, so don't get on my case, Lakers fans. You got to kind of pay <laughs> that Kobe tax. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I know how you, you a rap savant, and you are kind of a historian when it comes to this stuff. Yes. I know you listen to the Joe Budden podcast. I love it, yeah. What do you think? I need. I'm, I'm curious. I think Pusha T was right about. Oh, for those who don't know, Pusha T was on the Joe Button podcast, a podcast that never has guests, and literally two weeks in the row they had guests, which is crazy to say that. It's crazy chance and then Pusha. Yeah, but you know, Pusha T was talking about the whole Drake interview that he did on um LeBron's show. What, what is it? The shop. Oh uh, yeah, the shop. Yeah. LeBron's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he was kind of refuting some of the things that he said that LeBron was saying and things about um how the whole message that Drake's been saying for the longest is that um that Kanye was the one who leaked the fact that he had a kid to push it. And push it kind of put it out there and said straight up, nope, it wasn't Kanye, it was your man's and them. <laughs> he, he, was, he was pillow talking, which I think sounds logical. I mean, yeah, I, any man that told you he doesn't is straight up lying to you. Yeah, man, you know, it, it happens. Exactly. And it, it it seems like that would be something that could easily just slip out. Like he's in a conversation with somebody and in a moment of weakness, he sits there and says something crazy and not realize he said it. And yeah, then, man, but when it comes to your, your boy, your meal ticket to life, yeah, this is something you don't that just don't come up in conversation. Yeah, I, I would say that he should have kind of used caution and discretion. In but what can you do? <laughs> and, I, and the funny thing about it is I don't think nothing's going to happen to 40 because of it. No, no. no. Yeah. What, what else can he do about it? It's, it's happened now. It's not like the whole like the whole situation could have been handled better. I think me personally, look at the situation. I think Drake could have handled the situation better in terms of his child situation. I know he probably didn't want his child in the limelight or anything like that, but it, it came out, and it came out in the worst way it possibly could have came out. And I can't really see Drake getting mad and put on oh, that pushing, but uh, forty because you can't really get mad at a guy for doing what you made a career off of selling, basically. I mean. Yeah, that's kind of what Drake's early career started off of music that was in that kind of like, you know, in that realm. Yeah, that's kind of what Drake's career is kind of now. You know, it's crazy because I agree with everything that Pusha T said except one thing. When he was kind of like walking back the whole, I didn't wish death on forty. Yeah, fam, you you would first of all, it's a diss record. Yeah, and, and you mentioned this, this dude dying basically. You was wishing death on him. You wasn't maybe wishing death on him, but you didn't say that and be like, "Oh, it's all love for him." Call it what it is. Exactly. Re- reconfirm it so we know you're real about it. Don't back. Yeah. Down. You don't don't back down from it. Now you said it already, fam. You said it in the record. Don't sit there and be like, "Uh, nah, it's not. It wasn't like that, man. I wouldn't wish death on that man." No, no, you kind of did, fam. Exactly, because that disease is brutal. <laughs> yeah. And they even say something about it in the first place, which he didn't have to be clear. The mm. j- the whole and not, not not taking anything away from the track, and, and I am on the camp that when it comes to hip hop beef, there is no rules. Like you know, um, Jay straight up implied in Takeover that he slept with Nas's baby mother. <laughs> then then on Super Ugly, he was like he took it a step further and said he left condoms in the baby seat. You know, so it's not yeah. like it's not. Anything that we can um be like, oh, that's too far. It's oh, no such thing as... in the baby seat in the car seat. Yeah, what? yeah, that's what he said. It's super ugly. That's what. Oh, you wasn't you wasn't really you was wasn't how old were you when the when the takeover came out? When did it come out? Two thousand. I was man. I was still in like two thousand one. That was like three or four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I gotta explain this to you. Let me see. Um. Let me make sure the exact year takeover came out. This ain't gonna take long. The blueprint. Okay, I can give you the synopsis of it. You've you've heard the um, takeover before, right? Yeah. Okay. I just don't know. Is that old? Yeah, it came out two thousand one. Okay. For clarification, right? When the takeover came out, and this is everybody had their feelings on the takeover. Some people say Ether is better. Some people say the takeover is better. I'm on the Ether side because of. The simple fact, if, if those who listen to the takeover, the takeover is not a Nas diss. And I know you're like, what are you talking about? The takeover is a diss on everybody who's ever taken a shot at Jay-Z. The first verse is specifically about Prodigy from Mob Deep. The second verse is about Nas. And the third verse is for everybody else who said any kind of crazy line about Jay-Z. Those who don't remember the history, hip-hop history, this is a little bit of hip-hop history. This was around the time where before the blueprint came out, people was kind of knocking Jay-Z for they was saying like, oh, he was jacking people's lines, he was jacking people's swagger because he was on songs like um the high remix of Juvenile. Every hot dude who came out, Jay-Z was either remixing their song, he was hopping on the track with him. So he was getting a lot of flack from a lot of rappers back then, like uh even Mace. Mace was coming at him on songs. 
Yeah, think he's trying to stay relevant or something by hopping on the young blood stuff. Yeah, so he was getting a lot of flack for that, right? And people forget, like, you know, this Nas Jay Z thing was brewing for a long time. And yeah, what kind of made it come to a head was Bleak took a shot at Nas on one of his albums, and Nas took a shot back on Nostradamus. And he made the little he made the little line. Um, trying to think, trying to remember the line. Bleak said. Your lifestyle's supposed to be written, but who you supposed to be? Play your position. And then Nas said on um, I think it was Nostradamus. You want a ball, you want a ball to you fall, I can help you with that. So that him and Bleak was going back and forth with these little shots at each other. Yeah, kind of like Drake was doing with push over the years. Exactly. So, you know, Jay-Z would take his shots at Nas and Nas take his shots at Jay-Z, but it was never really like, unless he was a really serious hip-hop fan, most people didn't notice it went over people's heads. Yeah. For the most part. And what ended up happening was, like, a, you know, Jay-Z announced a blueprint and he performed on Summer, Summer Slam. No, Summer Jam. I said Summer Slam. Uh-huh. And that's when he first unveiled the first verse of the blueprint of the TakeOver. And when he uh, when he released that first verse of TakeOver, it was kind of like bait the nine because he was like, and in the verse, you know, he says, ask Nas, he don't want it with Hove. No! You know, and the whole summer, you could probably find this on YouTube, by the way. The whole, his his performance of that song, he only did the first verse called Not Prodigy. So what ended up happening was Nas came out with a little quick freestyle going at Jay-Z, which was a good freestyle. But then Jay-Z came out like, I want to say, it felt like a couple months later with the TakeOver. TakeOver was a huge hit. People was killing Nas and oh, it was old for Nas, and then on top of that, and the that blue- was the biggest club hit today, year, man. Yes, and the Blueprint came out and was certifiably a classic. Changed hip hop in a ways that um, I can't say it's been done before. Like you know, you, you get like your first really sound of Just Blaze and Kanye West to the forefront when there was kind of soul beats. Other rappers did it before. Yeah, like A Z was known for his kind of soulful type. of Beats and um, Ghostface were known for it, but it wasn't on this level. It wasn't this mainstream, and it kind of—I w- I, want to say—Blueprint changed Jay Z career. You know, you, you always had these people, like people, like saying that you know, you had um, what is it? Hard Knock Life Volume Two was kind of that turning point. Blueprint really yeah. solidified Jay Z as this is the guy. This is the best in the game, and you know. Takeover kind of made it look like, well, it's over. For, nobody thought Nas was gonna come back from Takeover. Point blank, people it's was like, happened. you know, because um, Nostradamus wasn't very critically acclaimed. It's, people slammed that album. It wasn't as bad as people said it for one thing, but people slammed that album. So people was kind of writing Nas off, and then Nas came out with Steelmatic, and Steelmatic was an incredible album, and people. Don't remember the hits on Steelmatic. Steelmatic had Got Yourself a Gun, One Mike, stuff like that, you know, and they were hit songs. And yeah. then Ether dropped. And Ether was three verses of nothing but hard-hitting lyrics. Just bars. Bars towards Jay-Z. And I think what people kind of forget, Jay-Z kind of came at on TakeOver as like a, well, you was hot at one point. You're not really hot no more. You know, he was kind of like, I don't want to say Drake in it, but he was kind of like finessing it in a way where it, make, it makes you really think like, okay, Nas ain't hot no more. He was calling, he was basically saying what people was thinking in their head. What Nas did was basically what Ethan was like, well, you know what? You can't beat me in a fight. <laughs> if, if you disrespect me, he was coming with some of the most disrespectful lyrics ever since Hit Him Up. The song literally starts off with Jay-Z saying, with um, Pac saying, fuck Jay-Z. That's how Ether starts off. And the way the beat flows and how it's, it's a very simplistic song, but the lyrics are kind of complex in the sense where how he's spelling out Jay-Z's kind of quote at that time where he used to always say, I would not lose. But as he's spelling that out, he's saying, I fuck with your soul like Ether, teach you the king you know you. And he's spelling it out just like kind of in a mocking way of Jay and kind of calling out the things that everybody's been calling out for Jay. And it was kind of revolutionary in the sense where 
nobody's never came to Jay that hard before. Yeah. Since, well, since Pac, and even when Pac came at Jay, Jay wasn't the Jay Z that he is today. This is Jay Z at his prime, and Nas kind of hit it with Ether, and people was like, "No, it revitalized his career." So, truth be told, um, a big part of Nas being where, where he's at now plays to that battle, and. A lot of people try to rewrite history and be like, oh, no, nah, nah, Jay-Z really won that battle. It was nothing like, no. Oh. Jay-Z lost that battle. It was okay for Jay-Z to lose that battle because I think if Jay-Z didn't lose that battle, we wouldn't have got the hit songs that we've got now, like the Blueprint 2 and the Black Album and things like that. But to get to Lone Point that I made, what happened was it became a situation where everybody's waiting for Jay-Z's response because, you know, TakeOver was a was an all-around diss towards everybody, mainly Nas and Prodigy. So they're waiting for Jay-Z's response to Ether. So it became a big deal. Like Hot 97 was doing this big thing where they were going to play the um the Jay-Z response song, and it was called Super Ugly. Have you ever heard of Super Ugly? Yeah, I have. Okay. And Super Ugly is also one of the most disrespectful tracks ever. In terms of like he's calling out the fact everything that he alluded to in the takeover, he says in Super Ugly, he's talking about how he slept with um Nas's baby mom and made the line with him. that's where the line come from. I left condoms in your your baby seat and stuff like that. And the thing about Super Ugly is what happened in Hot 97 is they people voted, called in and voted for which record they thought was better. And the fans, and this is all New York stuff. They The fans voted for Ether. I mean, don't you kind of hate how New York has dominated rap, even still to this day? Yeah. Like you, you know, pass the torch to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because even with the way hip-hop is now, in terms of like, you know, everybody loves Southern music and things like that. You know, you have the Migos and people like that. And the top rapper in the world is Canadian. Yeah. New York is still the forefront for hip-hop. Oh, there's no doubt. It's never changed. I mean, Atlanta is, I guess it's the new rap capital, but to me, man, it'll always be New York. Yeah, because of the history. Man, people forget the 90s, man, and just like all the talent that was just brewing in these couple boroughs. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy, <laughs> crazy. about that. Just, well, let me finish it off the tape before I get to the, the history of that. Um, So, Jay-Z comes up to the studio after um. He loses the battle and stuff like that. New York voted for Nods Ether. He literally comes up to Hot 97. He's like, yo, I got to stop. I got to apologize to Nods' baby mama. My, my mom got on my case about this. His mom was pissed off because she heard the record and said he was disrespectful to women and that's not how she raised him. Does this sound familiar to you? He said, does it sound familiar to me? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds just like the Drake and Pusha T situation, right? It's kind of the same thing, like, piece by piece. Yeah, because just like how um, Jay Prince was like, nah, you got to stop this. Jay-Z's mom basically said, no, this is out of line. You got to apologize. <laughs> it made him apologize on the radio for the record. And that was mainly that's how people kind of considered him taking that L. It was the same way people going at Jay... Uh, Drake for losing was the same way people were kind of hitting Jay Jay Z for at about it because oh yeah you shouldn't apologize for the record no but his, his mom told him you had to apologize you shouldn't be disrespecting women like that <laughs> <laughs> so, it's oh, crazy oh, to think yes. about that oh, yes. it's crazy to think about that but that's a thing that actually happened and they they they, they had another kind of battle but it wasn't as kind of big as it was before because. Well, Blueprint 2 is not known for being a great Jay-Z album. Yeah. And he had a, he had an incredible disc, nah, disc record on that album that people don't even talk about. But to get to your, what we were talking about with um, hip-hop, I think um, New York has a lot of history, man, in terms of hip-hop. Like, um, I remember when I was younger, I went from, I used to go to the flea market every week to pick up a mixtape, and it were mixtapes for people like, um, DJ Clue, DJ Envy, DJ Enough, and like that was the thing. Like you know, when you wanted to hear hip hop, 
and you didn't want to hear like because Miami was for for the most part up until the early two thousands. Miami was known for like their bass music. We had a couple of people who kind of put out street music, like you know, Trick Daddy kind of was hitting with the street music, but it still wasn't that kind of hard New York type feel kind of music. If we wanted to hear like music that was for like people who were bumping Miami, we were listening to the pop water down here. We were listening to Pac, we were listening to Scarface and stuff like that. You weren't really coming to Miami for hip hop until maybe 99, 2000 when you started getting people like Pitbull, and you start having Cali really blow up and stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of the music that I would listen to would be New York hip-hop, like Wu-Tang Clan, um, Nas, Cormega, Tribe. Tribe Called Quest. That's the stuff you would go to like the flea market and buy the mixtapes for. So I used to hear a lot of old hip-hop songs that a lot of people don't even know because they never came out. Like Old Cameron, Children of the Corn, I don't know if you know Children of the Corn. Have you ever heard of that group? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. That's another hip-hop history lesson alone. Children of the Corn was Cameron's first group with Mace and Big L. And they was rapping, to say the least. It was a lot more darker hip-hop, kind of like, um, I want to say a little bit like Wu-Tang, but flashy kind of Harlem style. And this is Murder Mace. This is not Mace that's welcome back singing and smiling, Mace. Yeah. This is Mace with bars. As hard as that is to believe. But, you know, hip-hop has changed. Now, let, let me hear you talk some about the hip-hop that you listen to today, since we already talked about hip-hop now. How different it is now? Uh, to be honest, man, it, I mean, it's, it's all right, but... <laughs> that's not too reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's good stuff, but it, it's not. Rap nowadays lacks substance to me. The most yeah. sustaining rap right now, to me, in my head, is probably J. Cole. But, yeah, J. J. Cole's um, one of those guys. I'll listen to Kendrick, but to be honest, like, it just don't grab my attention like it used to. I'm not rushing to listen to a J. album, I'm not rushing to listen to a J. Cole album. I'm not rushing to listen to a Kendrick album. Like my opinion on it, that you mentioned that is the fact that um, it's funny to say this. I don't think the production is as good as it was back then. Oh, of course not. That's my whole thing. You don't have your Kanye West type crazy production, your Just Blaze productions, your Dr. Dre knocking banging beats. That's because people play Legos with beats now. You know. Yeah. You know, easy to make a beat now. Man, put two little segments together, <laughs> and bam, there you go. Yeah, it's it kind of makes the art suffer because if you have, even if you have a great artist like Kendrick, the thing about Kendrick, people love Kendrick. I love Kendrick too, but yeah. honestly speaking, his beats never impressed me. Anytime I listen to Kendrick Lamar, so I'm like, what if he was on like a really dope Dre beat? And that'd be nice. How would that sound? Or like, what if he was on something like um a Just Blaze beat? So yeah, really, like blue carbon treatment beat. Yeah, that'd be it, nice. It's like we don't get that no more. Now nah, you probably won't. Honestly, that's because rap nowadays lacks originality and creativity. You can't have both. You can't. You can't like both, man. You gotta have one or the other at least. Yeah, and I think it's crazy because, and this is something. That I'm probably gonna get flack for. Probably gonna get flack for everything I just said. But the person who has the best production is Drake, but he doesn't do what he needs to do with it. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I can't tell you how many times I heard a, a dope beat on the Drake album. It's like, damn, he didn't do what he, he didn't really take it as far as he could have with this. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the problem I have with Drake because I've heard some Drake songs where, I'm like, yo, that's dope. Like uh, a perfect example has Lord knows when him and um. Rick Ross? Yeah, that's nice. That song is dope. I don't think he's ever had a bad feat uh bad uh a bad song with Rick Ross. But he yeah. makes hits. Rick Ross. You know what? I stand corrected. Justice League. Rick Ross has excellent production. Yeah, he does. Rick Ross whoever well, I know Justice League is one of the main ones, but Rick Ross has probably some of the best production in hip hop. I don't think Rick Ross has ever released a bad album, in my opinion. No, 
I was gonna say that too. He hasn't released a bad album yet. And I was I think I've had this conversation with somebody before. I don't know who it was, but if you go catalog for catalog, Rick Ross has one of the best hip hop catalogs there is. He does. He has a he, he has a top ten catalog. Yeah, I, I I would say I would put it up. I think it's better than Fifty Cent's catalog. I think Fifty mm-hmm. Cent has more classic songs, but yeah, I can 50, go th- Fifty has more hits. Yes, no doubt. But but I, I can go through more of whole Rick Ross albums than I can a Fifty Cent whole album. Deeper than rap, Teflon Don, God forgives I don't, and then Mastermind. I was like, yep, that's at that point I was like. Ross is echelon, top echelon, bro. Yeah, it, it's crazy to think about that, but he has, I like to say, he hasn't put out a bad album. Man. That's even his mixtapes are really good. For real, he had a mixtape. I can't remember the name of it. That's incredible. I thought it was his album. Was that uh, Custom Cars and Cycles with Triple C's? No, it was another one. I can't remember the name of it. It's a song on there. I can't. I had it on my phone. But it's a song that's so dope. I listen, I may listen to that mixtape like ten times. That's how good it is. I mean, he's releasing the Port of Miami too this, uh, this year. That should be good. I can't wait for that. Rick Ross is an incredible artist in terms of he knows his limitations in terms of rap, and he fits right into that pace where he knows, okay, this is what I need to do to this beat. I don't need to do this and this, this, and he sounds perfect over the track. Let me see if I can find this. Yeah, he didn't know this for a minute, man. Since 2006. That's a nice little 12-year run. Yeah, man. Definitely. So, what else you want to talk about, man? The NBA season startup. You excited for it? We ain't really even getting to that. We start getting to hip-hop. <laughs> hey, man. You know how I get on over here, man. We always talking about the rap. But, um... I know the Bulls is looking man, rough. Man, we ain't, we ain't talking about the Bulls, man. It's another lottery year for us. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we 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 went out marketing for another two months. So, but um, I will say this: let's do uh, early season picks. Okay, I think Western Conference is Golden State. I want Houston to get close. I would like to see Houston get to the finals, mm-hmm. but I know I don't think it's going to happen. But I want to see something different in the Western. I want the Western Conference to surprise me because it almost feels like it's a foregone con- conclusion that it's going to be Golden State and whoever wins in the East. Yeah, that's pretty much every year, man. I'm not going to lie. As much as I do like the way Golden State plays basketball, it does get boring watching them beat everybody. Yes, and that's my problem with it. I don't want to keep seeing them blow out teams just whiz, the, whiz their way through the, to the finals, man. It's not... After a while, it becomes not fun. Think about and think about this. Even this year, when the um, the Marcus Cousins signed them, I wasn't mad because he signed with them. You know, you're a grown man. It's, this is this is a job to you. You you sign a contract. This is a job. Yeah. So like any other job, you have the freedom to leave and do what you want. But I didn't like it because this dude is gonna be off almost the whole half of the year, three fourths of the season. And then he comes back fully healthy, ready for the playoffs. It's over. Yeah. It's it's almost a cheat code. It is a cheat code, man. You got a, a seven-foot all-star that can shoot threes and dribble like a point guard and rebound like a, a big man. Like, that's, that's just unreal. Yeah, what, even, what sucks even more about the whole thing is, to me, is the fact that the East feels so depleted compared to the West. It does. And it sucks. How many All-Stars are in the East right now? I don't even know. Dwayne Wade is out of there. Kyrie Irving's always injured. Yeah, he's been... He, he ain't gonna have no knee cards by the time he's 30. Yeah. So it's like, you got all these young players, but do you really have players that you can sit there and be like, alright, this dude is the caliber of LeBron James. If Ben Simmons gets a jump shot, not even a three-point shot, he just needs a 15 to an 18-foot. He is he is LeBron James part two. Yeah. So you got Ben Simmons. Um, ben, Simmons have, was, oh, ben Simmons didn't make it last year because they put Goran Dragic in this place, remember? Yeah, I remember that. How do you feel about that as a Heat fan? <laughs> oh, my God. 
if if your best player is Corwin Dragons, <laughs> not to knock him, but if that's your ceiling, you're not winning no championships. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. If Jimmy goes to Miami, I would love to see how he takes that roster and, and the way they play. I'm terrified because of going to Miami. I think if he goes to Miami, you, you think so? You think he messed up the market room? I, I I know that uh, I, I truly believe Postro is a good coach, a yeah. very good coach, and I think he can deal with it. You know why I think it would be a good fit, though? Because Miami is a really scrappy team, and they play hard-nosed defense. Any sport yeah. who plays defense, that's what I feel like the Timberwolves were lacking, especially when Jimmy just basically gave up before before he got injured. Can you remember? Right. He had, I think he was scoring like what? He was averaging seventeen points or something in November, uh, uh, twenty seventeen. And then he said, "You know what? Forget it." And he just started scoring and went crazy. You know, averaged like twenty four seven and like three. I want to say in December because he, yeah. you know what? Cat don't want to take lead. He he gave Cat time to lead. He didn't. He said, "Forget it." I'm gonna do it, and look, look what happened. It became three seed in the West. He probably could do something down here in Miami, but would it be enough? The thing though, what Jimmy Butler is, is so, so much potential. Yeah. You, you got to think about your locker. Room. <laughs> you got to think. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. You no, know, I know one of the things when I when I first heard that, the first thing I thought about was, you know, this Haslam. He but, did not play that shit. Oh no. That that alone, like if 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 he pulled if if Jimmy Butler pulled that shit in Miami that he pulled in Minnesota, yeah, he'd have got the he'd have got the shit knocked out of him. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. This is gonna be a problem. The first person to be swinging would be James Jones if he was still there. <laughs> yeah, man, it's not the he locker room is not is known for like dudes who like all right, you you for the cut this crap out like even with Whiteside, you know. Whiteside could be a lot worse than what he what he acted in Miami. Yeah, honestly, he, I mean, he's not really that bad. It's just yeah, his 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 demeanor towards the game is it's um it's what it's, it could be more, it's more desired, you know. Yeah, I I think that um Miami has a good it's very what the Heat are very good at. Not like I said, I don't want to make this a Heat episode, but what they've always been very good at is taking troubled players and getting the most out of them. So I can see like um what my guy name who was the center that Greg Oden. Greg Oden wasn't nobody who people was talking about, but when he came to Miami, he kind of was productive. Hey, but he wasn't bad. I mean, it's kind of hard to be what you used to be after so many surgeries, but he was he was productive. He wasn't a wasted pickup. Yeah. And um, you know, it, it's one of those things that he done very good at getting players like that and making them LeBron had AD Curry playing the actual defense. What does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, that's that says a lot right there. So I think he, Jimmy Butler could fit in the system, and he could work, but it's just like it's gonna be some growing pains there. So Jimmy stays in Minnesota. Let's say they don't trade him. Okay. What happens to the Timberwolves? Do you think they play well? Do you think they adjust with the um, the drama? It's all up to him. He is the key piece. Yeah. If he if he sits there and focuses, and he does what he has to do, and he says, look, let me come out here and ball so I can kind of be a top prospect for when I get out of here. They can probably get to that 3-4 seed. Let's see now. I don't think the Lakers are going to be, be as good as people think they're going to be. Oh, really? You don't think they're going to be a top five seed with LeBron on there? I think they can get there, but I don't think they're going to be there. I think I, I want to say I think the Lakers are going to be better next year. Man, <laughs> this might sound a little controversial, but shout out to the guys in the thread that are the Lakers fans. Uh, Arvin you know, Baylor and the rest of the guys. But, man, I think they're going to be good, man. I, I, I think LeBron's going to have them playing hard. I think they're going to be good. I think they can't. Like I said, the Lakers <clears throat> is funny to me because depending on how they gel, 
they can easily be an eight seed or a one seed. <laughs> yeah. Depending on how well that team gels, because that team doesn't like a team that should be gelling together that well. You got a lot of like combustible elements on that team. It can go either way, honestly. That's that's the beauty of it. Either it works or it doesn't. Yeah, you know, even with the young guys, the young guys are good. They got a young core that's really good, but you got Rondo. The floor general of all. Yeah, you know, how is he going to play with LeBron? I think that'll work because they're both past first players. Yeah, then you got um, my boy, Mr. Blow in the Ear. <laughs> how, you know, all these personalities got to, Blend well with LeBron James because at the end of the day, it's his team. That and people forget that these guys, as colorful as their personalities are, they are role players. Yes. No one's expecting them to give them 20, 25, 30 night. Yeah, that's my whole thing. Like I said, this, like I said, I think you could be right. The Lakers could easily be a three seed, a two seed, or if the. No, 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 no. I'm not saying a two seed. I mean, I still, (laughs) even though Houston may have lost a lot of defense and shooting from what it looks like, even though it's just one game. But Trevor Reza looked nice in Phoenix last night. He had those other wing players playing like they should be playing. But Houston really didn't look as bad as advertised. I mean, the Pelicans are a good team. I think the thing about Houston is, I think Houston once Houston gets in the groove, they're going to be really good. But the only thing that worries me about Houston is um, Chris Paul. If he can stay healthy the whole season. Oh, yeah. They're, they're the two seed. They're battling for the two seed with Utah. Easy. Yeah. But if he gets injured, whole different story. They can if drop they, to the six seed. If he gets injured, which I hope it doesn't happen, that means James Harden has to step up. And I think he will. But at the same time, uh, Dan Tony has to realize that Chris Paul isn't the Chris Paul of eight years ago. Yeah. Some nights you're gonna to have to give the man his rest. Yeah, Some nights exactly. he's not gonna be able to play 35 minutes. He's not gonna be able to do all this and all that. That's why they have James Harden, so James can play off the ball more. I agree. I think I think you're absolutely right on that. I mean, you got two top, you got two top five point guards on your same team. Yeah, they better figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, but you know, now you now you mentioned that's the fun thing about basketball. You know, you can. When it when it's when it's at its best, you never know what to expect from a team. Yeah. So let me ask you this: since this topic came up in the thread, I don't want to call no names nothing like that because there ain't no hating nothing like that. But let me ask you this: oh, no. What are your opinions on a person being a fan of one player, not the team? Well, <clears throat> um, when I'm growing up, my favorite player was always Kobe. I had a uh, a number eight jersey. And this, even though the stitching was falling off as a kid, I still rocked it like it was brand new because Kobe was my man. But I wasn't really a Lakers fan. I was a Kobe fan. And if Kobe would have liked the Lakers, I would I would have followed wherever Kobe went. But it comes to a time where it's, I mean, no, no, man. You, 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 we all grown. You can do what you want. But, uh... <clears throat> I'm not hitching my train to one guy his whole career. I think I got some good insight on this because I've been actually fortunate enough that all my favorite players have played for my team. When I was growing up, yeah. I was a Magic Johnson fan. I love Magic Johnson. I like the Lakers a lot because and, of Magic Johnson. Showtime. Showtime Magic was, was, was yeah. And then, you know, Whoop, whoop, whoop. What happened to Magic? Happened to Magic. Magic had to stop playing. Yeah. So essentially, there was no showtime. It wasn't no. I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't dislike the Lakers, but I couldn't. There wasn't there for nothing for me at that time with the Lakers. I loved them still, but I fell in love with the Miami Heat, and I liked because it, it was the hometown team. It was easy to go to the games. I like players like Keith Athens and things like that. Wait, wait. I, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Who are some of your favorite players? Oh, I mean, not, I mean, get, not forget the uh, greats. We're talking about your favorite players. Oh, I'm going to get to that right now. There was one player who played for the Golden State Warriors who I absolutely love, Tim Hardaway. And when Tim Hardaway came to the Heat, I was ecstatic. 
And I still to this day believe that that Heat team with Tim Hardaway, Glenn Rice, and Alonzo Mourning should have won a championship. Yeah. That was an incredible team. And for some reason, they couldn't get over that hump. People think about Alonzo's early, uh, not his early, his uh, late E days when he wasn't really Alonzo Mourning, but Alonzo Mourning was, man, one of the most reliable big men in the game. And we got, I want to say that he got a problem with Alonzo Morning. Because he was like, I want to say, when he left Charlotte, he was still in his prime. And he, yeah. they, the Knicks and the Heat went through some wars. And just for some reason, something would always happen and Miami wouldn't get, to the, wouldn't get there. Yeah. So to answer your question, my favorite player when I was growing up, well, period, not necessarily the greatest players, but Dwayne Wade, uh-huh. Magic Johnson, of course, Tim Hardaway, Shaq, and let me see if I can think of my Yeah, man, you love Shaq. <laughs> I love Shaq. Shaq's like, like I, I was following Shaq since um, LSU. I used to watch LSU. I used to, Shaq got me into watching college basketball. Really? Yeah, because I was watching Sports Center, and that was when Shaq was all the rave because people was like, they would show the highlights of him breaking basketball hoops. They're back in track with shooting jump shots. Yeah, and I was like, holy crap. This guy's breaking hoops. I have <laughs> never seen that before. Like, you know, I heard about it with, like, Tree Rollins and stuff like that. Like, people ain't breaking hoops no more. Not to the point where the, rim is ho- the whole rim is collapsing. <laughs> yeah, he was like a freaking nation. He was actually like, like, he was like, you know, usually when you watch a big man, yeah, he can score or he can't score. He can play defense. He's not both. And it's not to the point where you're like, this guy's unstoppable. Shaq was both. He can play really good defense, and he can score almost at will. Oh, yeah, that that's a little two-step, man. You, you just couldn't stop it in the spin move. Yes. Lethal. And, Lethal. And, and the thing about Shaq is, even when he left, Shaq left a still a very good player. Yeah. It's not like him he left him with his heart. Him and D-Way won a ring. <laughs> yeah. He just was... He just was getting lazy. It wasn't like he was a bad player yeah. at all when he left. He was just, well, it, it, it was too easy to him at that point. You know. And it also helps when D-Wade is going off at 30. <laughs> exactly. He didn't, you know, he didn't have to be the Shaq that he used to have to be. And like, to this day, that D-Wade 2006 finals performance. Incredible. Top five all time. Just yeah. unreal. Unreal. Yeah, it's one of those things that I, for one, will always remember because that Heat championship was not expected by no one. No one in their right mind thought that he was going to shat. Nobody thought that one. Nobody thought the shat was going to leave the Lakers to go to the Miami Heat. <laughs> and then nobody. No, then on top of that, nobody thought that this guy, Dwayne Wade, was going to be the player that he became. Who were the favorites come out of the East in 06? Oh, that's a good question. Let's see. I'm going to look it up real quick. I want to uh, say, was it New York? Pistons. Yeah, because the Pistons had just won the championship, didn't they? They yeah, had cause like they a like Yeah, because I – so, yeah, it was uh, that game five with ben, ben Wallace and Shaq was one-on-one. That was crazy. Yeah. The Pistons was what was – the Pistons was a dynasty that should have lasted longer. I feel like I don't know why it didn't happen like that, but they was a very that was a because, very because good of team. offense. That's why. <laughs> well, yeah, that 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 little that little thing right there. <laughs> but that team was so very good defensively. It's like it literally was an offense neutralizer, and for some reason it just well, y'all got your championship. All right, that's it. Peace. And when that happened, man, the world was shocked. I don't know why, because no, they didn't let anybody score on them at all. <laughs> yeah, and that was. And memorable. going into the paint, man, you better be getting ready for that foul because Ben Wallace hit me over the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy because that made Ben Wallace like a star. Yeah, easy. Yeah, he was on um, the cover of NBA Two K Seven. I want to say, what is seven? I think it was seven. 
because of that finals performance. But yeah, man, this is this has been a fun hip hop and sports conversation today, man. Yeah, it's always a good time when we meet up, man. See, you know how I go. Yeah, definitely, man. Anything else you want to say, man? Before we go, we've been going for an hour. All right, let's see. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's only the uh, was second night of the NBA season for third. Yeah, but some of the takes that I've seen are crazy. Just, just <laughs> wow! I'm like, hey man, it's three games in the season. People are saying Houston's season is over. I'm like, I've been saying that all day. I'm like it's game. It's like the first week, fam. <laughs> If anybody knows me and they follow the theory, they know that I'm not a, a big Houston fan. But calling the season over after one game because they played a good playoff team that swept Portland. That was supposed to yeah. Portland was supposed to do the Pelicans in, and look what happened. Man. People crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's been one. It's not even a full week yet. <laughs> you know? It's a third night, man. It's a third night. Yeah, man. It, these hot takes are so wild, man. It's it's. It's baffling. I I, I want to say it's because people miss basketball that much. Yeah, I think basketball is becoming that America's sport that people like know. Root behind. I think football has been losing this stride for quite a while now. Yeah, I mean, not to take anything thing away from football. It's like yeah. talk about how football is going down. Like talk about how The Walking Dead's going down. Yeah, The Walking Dead <laughs> losing ratings, but it's still one of the top shows on TV. Hey man, unless you're watching the Packers game with Aaron Rodgers, the 155 is on the clock with no timeouts. Bam! Touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I saw the highlights on that one. I, like I said, I've stopped watching football, but I've watched those highlights. You know what I feel like? That uh, people have waited all summer for the season to start just to shit on James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> They have been waiting for the opportunity to say something negative about it. Uh, yeah. Once again, I'm not I'm not a big Rockets fan, but give the man a break. Come on, man. Give yeah. him a break. It's not that serious. It's just ball. <laughs> now down his throat. I'm just like oh. you know how you, you know how James Harden stopped that from happening. Oh yeah, because you know MVP, MVP just can't lose a game. You know that's not. <laughs> he can stop all that talk from happening. One simple way. Just go to Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Kevin Durant did. Raggedy about not winning no ring. <laughs> yeah, man. Somebody told me the other day, as long as all those dudes are in Golden State and none of them winning another MVP. And I was like, really? I thought yeah. about it. I said, hey, they got a good point, even though I picked KD for MVP. Look, man. Uh, people say this all the time, but after, after a while, y'all look at like, which would you rather have, an MVP or a championship ring? Mm. You play to win championships. Exactly. Championships bring you money. MVP yeah. is nice and stuff, but championships bring you money, endorsements, and so many more things come with championships. Exposure. Ex- yeah, exactly. Money. You know, Fame, money, you know how much money these dudes make? Uh, these uh, playoff checks just to make it to the playoffs. Exactly. So imagine their finals checks. Imagine their championship checks. <laughs> you know, so I think I think they'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, they'll be all right, man. This the season's young. They got a good road. I mean, I, I I just don't know how people are gonna write off a team that just went to the Western Conference Finals and took it to the game seven. I, I don't yeah. how are you writing them off already? And this is the thing about it is this not like I said, and this is one of the reasons why I think Houston have the chance. It's because it's the beginning of the season. Yep. You can make adjustments. And ain't no telling what's going to happen in the second half of the season when, those, when that trade deadline hits because a lot of times that trade deadline hits and you have a whole different team. Yeah, look what happened every time LeBron got upset with the Cavs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That man ordered a whole new roster. <laughs> Yeah, and I can easily see that happening with not only like with Houston, but the Lakers as well. The Lakers can easily be like, "Hey, this ain't working. All y'all gonna be out of here." Exactly. LeBron told Magic to get rid of everybody that I don't want to play with next year. <laughs> exactly. So it's like we can't. Like I can see if it was we was twenty, thirty games in, forty games in. Yeah. Like, guy, right, you can see something. You can you can get trades there, but we're we're literally days in. Did all the teams even play yet? <laughs> 
No, they haven't. Some teams think, don't play until what tomorrow? Some teams I think so. Yeah. So it's, it's just crazy to be like, yeah, man, it's over. <laughs> it's laughable. It, it is. I can't believe I'm sitting here actually defending the Houston Rockets, but it's, yeah. hey, it's true. Give get a man a break. Yeah, man. I you know. On top of that, he's he's free of the Kardashian curse, so he'll be all right. That's the only reason why he won MVP. That's why he. That's why he didn't win in what twenty sixteen. The twenty fifth, sixteen, I think. Yeah, I think it was sixteen. Yeah, yeah. The the year that stuff didn't, um, the stuff that the year stuff didn't go fifty forty ninety. I think that was the year that uh, everybody was like, okay, James Harden, he should have won one by now. Yeah, that Kardashian curse. <laughs> hey, man, it's real. Look at look at Kanye. Oh man, Kanye, man, he's that's a whole topic for another podcast. The next episode, <laughs> we all talk about Kanye, man. This dude, man. Oh. Man. Um, I don't know what to say about him, man. Ain't much to say. I mean, because he he's not saying much. So yeah, he ain't saying nothing of substance. Say that much <laughs> at all. <laughs> all right, man. This has been awesome, man. Definitely gotta keep doing this up, man, Christian, man. Where hey, gonna find you at? And when the hell are you gonna record court the sources? Well, you know, Devin announced that um he and his spouse are you know babies on the way. Congratulations to that boy. Congratulations <laughs> to him. Definitely, man. Dev, that's yeah. awesome. My man. Father of the year. But, um, yeah, we got a next one coming out a couple of weeks. We'll get ready. Bull season's back, so we got a lot to talk about. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So let me know where to find you at on Twitter. And is there anything else you got? Any other social media you know? Uh, You can find us at A2 Sources on Twitter. You can Wild yeah. Boys Podcast on Twitter. Yep. Is that it? That's about it, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all should know where to find me at Delvin underscore Cox on Twitter, I think. My Instagram is a Delvin Cox experience on Instagram. I don't think I post anything. I post a couple of things. <laughs> Snippets from the podcast. That's about it. <laughs> another, another I, still, I still do not know how to use Instagram. I'm 100% old man now. I'm, I be trying to figure out how to post stuff on there all the time and how you write on other people's posts. And it's a sad sight to see. <laughs> Hey man, you got kids and uh, millennial kids, man. They'll show you. Trust me, I know they know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> As always, man. Blog boys, we are out. Peace. Peace. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.